0: dear listeners of this pod my friend cat use they them pronouns <laughs> please identify them correctly when referring i know you'd want to be respectful and you didn't mean to do your airing <laughs> all right and i'm gonna-
1: If it's just for myself, shouldn't I be comfortable? No! Put yourself first in a sexy way Pierce your ears just for yourself Put a hole in your earlobe just for yourself Brace yourself, this is gonna hurt Put yourself first in a sexy way If I put myself first for him, then by definition, aren't I putting myself second? Don't think about it too hard, too, too hard. Don't think about it too hard, too, too hard. It's a wormhole. It's a Mobius strip. It's snake eats tail. It's the infinity sign. Get a tattoo of the infinity sign on your lower back, just for yourself. But I can't see my lower back. Also, can we go back to the fake eyelid? Is that a thing now? Yes.
0: I do have one. <laughs> Uh, Because for the first time in several years, I just watched uh, a few uh, musical performances from, of course, the American television uh, musical show Glee. uh, And I have not, I've just, every few years, I go through this cycle and I reach this point where I say, Do I want to watch Glee again? Do I want
1: (laughs) to welcome the Grip Reaper back
0: into my life? And then I almost always. I make it through, like, season one, and I say, like, ah, we're good.
2: <laughs> we're not- I stopped after season three of that episode, or after after season three of that show. I never went further, and uh, except for the episode where they honored Corey, like the quarterback episode. Sure, sure. I never watched another episode and didn't regret it. Um,
0: I, I did it make it said. through... Season 2 on the strength of the Warblers alone, essentially. Really, oh, the God. Warblers carried me on their back uh, through through Glee Season 2, um, at which point I jumped off. Except uh, the episode that I have seen after Glee Season 2 is, of course, the famous uh, school shooting episode of Glee uh, called Shooting Star. Uh, well... <laughs> It, it is handled with the same deft touch, <laughs> the same loving hands that every Glee uh, issue based episode handled, I mean, their, handled their material. You don't even
2: have to say you don't even have to say glee. with the deft touch that Ryan Murphy brings to every <laughs> single one of his project. projects.
0: The handling of such such delicate material. <laughs> Ryan Murphy is like a museum curator who just goes around like smashing faces on the ground. <laughs>
3: He's, so we have we have talked about the Ryan Murphy death cult on this pod. Our listeners know the lore. In fact, I have so much to say about how <laughs> Ryan Murphy chooses who he murders of his canon, and how it's not a coincidence that they're all straight people. Um, <laughs> it's it's yeah, it's messy.
0: Um, Ryan Murphy, it's like he has such a passion for these fragile things and he keeps dropping them. He keeps like. Have y'all ever
2: watched like uh, Nip Tuck? Right?
0: A little bit. bit, And I've thought
2: about
3: it. I've thought about it to go back to really see where this all started for him because (laughs) I I'm deep in it now in in that I have conspiracies (sighs) involving Evan Peters and what his (laughs) role is, what kind of deal with the devil Darren Chris has written with Ryan Murphy like there are some there are some things going on here um but I haven't gone as far back as Niptock and so that's something that's on my list good reminder there
2: are there are two early Ryan Murphy shows that people tend to forget or just have never seen because they were so early in just the television auteur that is Ryan Murphy Um, and it is popular Which was a CW show.
0: Looking at it on on IMDb right now with Leslie Bibb. Yeah. Yeah.
2: It it started out the first season has the Ryan Murphy touches to it, but it's somewhat normal. And then, and this, sorry, I said CW. It was WB back then. It was the Um, Dubba Dubba. But then season two is full on Ryan Murphy, bat (sighs) insane levels and then yeah nip tuck which is again i mean insanity
0: (laughs) wow a hunt they they got it to a solid on the nugget 100 episodes of nip tuck and then they called it a day they got i've never seen a show land perfectly on the 100 episode mark and yet nip tuck through sheer force of will (laughs) it (laughs) made it work
3: Kevin, I don't know how your your fancy thing works. Do I have to record on my side, or are we all good? That now that you're recording,
0: I we shouldn't. are all good. I am recording all three of you, uh, or three of us. I'm so sorry. Um, and um, it takes a lot of trust. Yeah, I, I trust. I trust the machine. I am also recording the Skype call as just a, a real hair Mary Hell Mary pass. I'm really <laughs> uh, putting putting my hand my my fate back in Bill Gates's tender hands.
3: Can I? Okay, I'm gonna go back to Ryan Murphy now. Can can we make sort of like a sort of like a a board, a visual board, but for listeners, just like use your imagination. Um, We're red string yarn. We we've done this before and different plot points. So I think between the three of us, maybe we can get some clarity I don't already have. Um, So there's Sarah Paulson, not not a straight lady, not a straight woman, is in all. Almost every canon of Ryan Murphy's. Let's start there. Why? What do we think that's about? Why hasn't he murdered her? What has she done?
0: To- <laughs> well, now what I'm sorry. Why done- has she mur- Why hasn't he murdered one of her characters? Or why has he not murdered actress Sarah <laughs> Paulson?
3: Actress Sarah Paulson. Why hasn't actress Sarah Paulson fallen victim down. to some? I think the Holland
0: stuff? Taylor connection is maybe too maybe too strong. You cannot hurt Holland Taylor that way. Maybe. Um, is what I am. Darren oh God.
3: Chris. Where are we with Darren Chris? Why what did what did Darren Chris do to continue to be in Ryan Murphy's orbit? Because it went beyond Glee, it went into Versace. Versace. Why?
0: Yes. Uh well, you know, Ryan Murphy was a real star kid head. <laughs> Ryan, <laughs> Ryan Murphy was he was he loved very potter musical. He thought very potter's sequel was maybe even better because they kind of reformed of the formula, they had a better technical uh base. Um, that's what I'm assuming with Ryan Murphy. Billy I think he just
2: thought that he was gay and like and still just continues to think he is.
0: He's waiting for I that think, moment. He's like, come on, Darren, I think he knows.
3: On. I I think he knows something we don't know. And <laughs> I think it's significant. Okay, Billy Eichner, not a not a straight man. Not a
0: straight what,
3: man. Where's, where's that? Because that's in American Horror Story, but it's in other places too, right?
2: This he really man. enjoyed Billy on the street uh, whenever yeah. he ran up and just screamed, uh, name, name a woman! woman. <laughs> yep, whenever he screamed, name we a woman, and people of- couldn't.
0: Name a Woman really is Ryan Murphy's whole creative ethos. It really is a show of Name a Woman. Um, boy, I am looking at Ryan Murphy's next project, and I am... I mean, I, do, I cannot imagine... Guess Is Evan, Evan
3: Peters, Peters... is Evan, Evan Peters, said, okay, okay, Evan called Peters
0: is in it, and uh, there is a... Oh, God, you cannot imagine who he is playing. A very famous real-life person. I just... I'm sitting here, and I'm imagining, again, the tender thoughtful approach that ryan murphy is going to bring to monster the jeffrey dahmer story
3: oh oh my god if i could if i could write what happens next in the canon of ryan murphy i think that's where i would have gone this is a confessional
0: tape of his own murders where evan peters will play jeffrey dahmer
2: Okay, look, and Evan Peters, like, here is one of the things with Ryan Murphy, particularly once we get to, like, American Horror Story becoming popular and everything like that. He gets really talented people. Evan Peters is, in fact, talented.
0: He has an eye I, for talent, Sarah Paulson. I mean, the whole the whole company is, is he like, rarely has slouches. Yeah.
3: you yeah, can't yeah, have a he, slouch in a murder cult. Of course,
0: you, just, everyone just, needs just to that. pull their weight. <laughs> He even like for uh,
2: People versus O.J. Simpson. He was like David Schwimmer. You remember how you wanted to be like a a dramatic actor and actually got irritated that you just got shoehorned into being Ross. I'm gonna give you a chance. Come play Robert Kardashian. And just the only
0: good Cuba Gooding Jr. performance in like 15 years. I mean, yeah, is on the People versus O.J. Simpson. like Like it's. Uh,
3: it's wild.
0: It is and wild. Sterling K.
3: Brown, right?
0: Sterling K. Brown? Nathan so Lane? Good. like Everyone was fucking bringing John it Travolta, isn't
2: it? And John Travolta, Travolta manages to like, not if, be, again, last 15, 20 years John if Travolta. If you
0: can put modern-day John Travolta on a television show and not have him destroy the entire show, destroy the alchemy of your show, that is an Unequivocated success. That it was is- really
3: it was solid too. It was like the only other person that could like really kind of get in, like be in that space. Like the obvious choice would be like Alec Baldwin and Thirty Rock, and I don't want to cast Alec Baldwin in anyway because oh. also murder. You know, someone's gonna die. Alec Baldwin shows <laughs> up. Um, but I have wanted to put together. I, I put together in 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 college. I was taking this public trial mass media public trial class and we we learned about the OJ trial and we learned about all these other famous trials charles hankley who is now free and Mm -hmm. making uh john
0: hankley coming Um, soon to brooklyn near us john yes
3: Yes. so i casted i i I casted for my final project i made american horror story casts or american crime story casts for all Mm -hmm. of these different like cases that we had just gone through and i casted walking phoenix as Hinkley and right. fanning as jodie foster which i thought
0: that's not right. bad that's yeah. not bad
3: that's my that's pitch
0: bad. i yeah. like where your head is at let's make it happen come on ryan pull that pull so
3: i had one where i was like i want jordan peel to be the director of this ryan murphy vehicle and it would okay. be like all of the no, you don't. You don't want that. You're
0: really shooting for the stars. I'm just impressed. Like I would never <laughs> imagine a world where Jordan Peele signs on to direct episodes of a Ryan Murphy joint. I just, I would really? never picture. I would n- no.
2: <laughs> they do feel somewhat diametrically opposite in like, regards like, to like how they're approaching horror
0: they are chaos and order you know what i mean they are the diametrically opposed forces of the universe that's
3: exactly i think that's exactly why this might happen no i think it's yeah, why. And
2: jordan jordan peel did the twilight the twilight zone so maybe maybe coming in as a director of an episode of american horror story
0: i don't i don't american know crime story
3: is what i'm looking at
0: you're looking at crime uh, story specifically not american
3: horror story. yeah i'm looking at american crime story jordan peel and I think, like, the Michael Brown case or George Floyd. Brian
0: Murphy should never touch the Michael Brown case in any He shouldn't. I don't, I don't care shouldn't. who else is involved. He shouldn't.
3: <laughs> well, he might I, do it anyway.
0: No one should tell him about it. No do. one should tell him about it.
2: Nobody's telling him no anymore, Kevin.
0: Oh, no. Yeah. I just need. I need to intercept Ryan Murphy's mail to make sure he like never hears about certain <laughs> things because I just I can't I can't process what would happen if Ryan Murphy like were, like, like you, saw
3: Ryan... this, you saw the school shooting episode. I'm just saying. Just saying. I'm if just the, saying. Like
0: Ryan Murphy learned that Roe was overturned. We'll get the worst miniseries <laughs> of all time. We are going to. We are going,
3: to. We we are going to. It's no. happening. Oh. I'm sorry.
0: Oh, God. No, please. (laughs) Lord, I haven't asked you for much lately. Please don't let Ryan Murphy make this show. (laughs) Please. It's all I want. I'll be good. But you know what show he didn't touch? Crazy ex-girlfriend, because Rachel Bloom and Aline Brosh McKenna, like, stayed up every night. They took shifts holding a gun outside crazy ex-girlfriend offices, keeping Ryan Murphy away. <laughs> they, were, they kept firing warning shots when he would approach the territory. Absolutely not. Um, I,
2: oh, my God. Rebecca is obviously, in many ways, I love, Rebecca, we're dealing with a lot of deep stuff, right? But mm-hmm. like whenever you're just looking at the surface level, there's such unhingedness about it all that like in Ryan Murphy's hands, it's already ridiculous in Crazy Ex-girlfriends, like, but in a way that it's somebody knowing what the bottom line is supposed to be. But like Ryan Murphy getting a hold of an episode would have been
0: Ooh. I just the 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 alchemy. It would have been like like when Like when Joss Whedon directed an episode of Glee, you're like, this is this these are grim forces. The the Sinister (laughs) Six are assembling. We we cannot allow this to be right Uh, because this is of course Crazy X Pod Friends, a show uh, where we rewatch and reexamine the greatest American television uh, musical comedy show of all time, uh, Crazy X Girl. Friend, uh, welcome to your August episode of the show. Uh, I am one of your hosts, TV's Kevin Lanigan, uh, and you know I'm driving the party bus this week. I, <laughs> I, I'm driving some some weird horny freaks to the beach. That's me. <laughs>
2: I mean, are you, so you're just in the front. You're just listening to the awkwardness. I happening. do not
0: have a line, so that they don't have to pay me extra. Like I, you I am just you, you are a
2: featured. You are a featured extra, so you're going to get a little bump. But yeah, you're not. You don't Great have a line.
3: Great Great point. Did we meet the bus driver?
0: I don't we think see he him. He is uh, because Rebe- uh, Rebecca says, "Mr. Bus Driver, Mr. Bus Driver, pull over." And that's when Daryl enters the fray. That's when that's when we get uh, you know exit or, or enter from left. Daryl.
3: Do you think that was a PA that signed a release form? Because I've I've been in that such yeah, a. I
0: wouldn't. I wouldn't doubt if that was just a teamster who was already on set. You know what I mean? Like the guy running cable is like, sit down in the sit down in the thing.
2: We'll give you a little extra this, this We'll month. give you a little extra. Or I've this, done that on
0: many projects. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Kat, do you want to introduce yourself? <laughs> <laughs> no?
3: I, I had a chip. It was like the one one moment I decided to mute, and you called on me. I am Kat Scott, and I use they, them pronouns. And I, here we are again, doing this thing.
0: Doing this thing. <laughs> uh, and we are we are joined uh, for the first time uh, by uh, an incredible guest. A wonderful guest. Uh, welcome Hello. to the show, uh, Jillian Clayton Smallwood.
2: Hi. Uh, thank you for having me.
0: Of course. Okay. It was an inevitability, yep. right? I'm working my way through the Venn diagram of community podcasters and people that have seen Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. And you're very high on that list.
2: Very high. And that's what. And so, uh, as Kevin mentioned, I am one of the community podcasters. So, in his former podcast, one of his former podcasting lives, uh, it, we were all a part of that big community. And so, I'm a one of the hosts of Welcome to Greendale.
0: Welcome to Greendale. One of the of the um, the crop of community podcasts that all popped up in like 2019, 2020. You were you were one of the progenitors. You were really you were you were ahead of the game.
2: We were. It was like, uh, like six seasons in the podcast was was kind of out ahead of us, and then I think me and Jen started within a week of each other, like us and Community Rewatch podcast, and then from there
0: the floodgates opened because uh, the novel coronavirus uh, reared its ugly head, <laughs> and a bunch of people were locked down at the same time that Community dropped on Netflix, and we all said, "Great time, finally!" <laughs> Let's Nobody
2: seems to be doing a Community podcast. <laughs>
0: And then uh, you start yours, and then you look it up, and you're like, fuck, (laughs) shit, Uh, oops, Uh, because there were, at one point, like, 16, I think, when we took, like, a census count, Um, and that was just the the ones that we knew about. Yeah.
2: Yeah, who knows which ones we never got a hold of out there.
0: Yeah, absolutely. The ones we never—those lost travelers that we never—there was one from, like, years previous that ended before, like, any of us started, but they stopped— like in the middle of season two. So they, yeah. they, they got out of the game early. Uh, they didn't, they didn't have the, the staying only ones that power. Finished. Yeah, they did not have the stick-to-itiveness. They had. A, they could go outside when they were making their podcast. <laughs> they could <laughs> They could go do social activities. We could not. So, so we finished the show. <laughs> we're done. Sure. Y'all are almost done. Y'all are cruising.
2: We are, yeah. And, you know, since we have been able to do outdoor activities and uh, Michael has, you know, been back in rehearsal for – doing three plays within seven months of each other and all that sort of stuff on top of filming. It has become more difficult to film regularly. So there have been a few weeks where we've had to go, just kidding, guys. We didn't actually get to record an episode this week.
0: LOL. And you know what? That's fine. Nobody's making a living off of it. Uh, Everyone will (laughs) forgive you. uh, And assumedly uh, us as well, whenever we... (laughs) whatever we miss wherever something's late listen it's going to happen just just brace yourself now uh, but you do get episodes one full week early over at patreon.com Slash TVs, Kevin. Uh, But uh, we are here uh, in the we're in the the dead middle of uh, Crazy Ex Girlfriend season one. Uh, This is an eighteen episode season, so we are over the halfway point at this at this point. Uh, But Jillian, tell me a little bit about your Crazy Ex Girlfriend history, your your journey with the show.
2: Okay, so I. Did I heard about it while it was on because, right, it was, a, it was an awards darling, right? That, like, mm-hmm. was, it, ju- it kept getting awards, but I never got around to watching it. And then Michael and I tried to watch it whenever it first came on Netflix, I think. Mm-hmm. And we stopped during, like, the middle of the second episode. Purely, like, the secondhand embarrassment. I <laughs> was really hard. Um, it was really hard. And then about six months later, we were like, let's let's try this again. Everybody loves it. Let's try this again. And we did manage to get, get over that. And I do love it. Um, and then we got into season two um, and then got distracted. So I've only seen through like half of season two. And then I'm going to come back and watch some more. It's one of those things where like, I will finish this show eventually. <laughs> one day. Um, <laughs> I think that it is great but I just also other things end up taking my attention span away and I'm like oh look a fly or the great or something like something happens and I'm like oh um, so that is kind of my history with it and I hadn't rewatched uh, any of the episodes and so whenever you asked me to be on I was like yes and also that means I'm going to binge watch the first half of season <laughs> one again
0: perfect um, trying to give more you a prepared. little runway so you had time to catch up i
2: had time i had time i was a bit more prepared and like watching it through already knowing what happens um in the episodes (laughs) made it a bit less where i was like holding my pillow in front of my face because that has happened where i'm just like screaming at the tv and just like holding a pillow in front of my face
0: Absolutely. We are full in at this point, especially with these two episodes back to back. We are really in the point where like being embarrassed and (laughs) and, like frightened for Rebecca based on the choices that she is making is the name of the game (laughs) at, at this point in the show. Next episode especially is going to be. Uh Ferociously rough I remember it giving me like a stomach ache The first time I watched it But we're not there yet uh, <laughs> Because we have to talk about uh, Season 1 episode 9 I'm going to the beach with Josh and his friends uh, Directed by Kenny Ortega Who you might remember uh, From directing all of the high school musical films um, right. Written by Dan Greger and Doug Mand uh, Dan Greger you might remember As the writer of the uh, recent uh, 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 What What are their names? Chippendale Rescue Rangers movie, uh, and also from being married to Rachel Bloom. Uh, <laughs> in this episode, Rebecca somehow gets herself an invite with the beach crew uh, and decides uh, to make a whole mess of the entire thing. Uh, she rents a party bus, and Valencia really keys in on uh, how she is into Josh um, and decides to... Uh, everyone just decides to make a fucking mess of everything. Everyone just decides... That they're Ooh. just going to be uh, weird and gross, uh, and it's gonna it's gonna be a wild time in the party bus. Uh, which, just from a production standpoint just imagine filming this episode was a fucking nightmare of like taking down walls and putting up walls of this fake party bus. Um, really, uh, cause they do coverage of the whole thing. It's not like, you know, they cut yeah. half of it and it's like a four camera sitcom or whatever. It's like really like, oof. I'm just thinking about it from a, <laughs> from a the production standpoint.
2: standpoint of it all. Yeah. All those yeah. angles
0: on the pole dancing and you're like, Oh God, like it. they take it out, take out the floor of the van so you can get like the undershot, you know, just Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: The way they very yeah, conveniently but... have all of the blinds closed the entire ride, uh-huh.
0: <laughs> so you can't see the soundstage. <laughs> so you cannot That's... see the the CBS backlot. Yeah, that makes yeah. a
3: lot of sense. Yeah, now that we're talking about it, I'm like, oh this this is what a bottle. This is
0: the bottle episode. We're this filming is a it. Episode. Okay, yeah. One bus. Also, we, when you said we don't see the beach. Weird. <laughs> they never like go outside to the beach. Yeah. Interesting. Parking lot to parking
2: lot. When you said
3: Kenny Ortega, I immediately, my first thought was, did he choreograph the pole dancing scene?
0: I mean, could be. Uh, Is Kenny Ortega a lover of true pole? True pole um I what is the was it uh, professor goddess was the name of Rebecca's uh uh New York like trans pole dancing teacher about reclaiming uh,
2: male gaze
0: reclaiming yeah feminist pole dancing uh and god and i there's something about the phrase true pole that was like really killing me it was really fucking like, getting to me
2: well it's just kind of like that super cringy like pole dancing is really fun and respect to everybody who does it because it is Fucking, sorry, it, I don't know what the rating is for this. Uh, oh, for this curse podcast. as
0: much as you want, absolutely. Great,
2: it's fucking hard. Oh. I have tried it before and like hurt my shoulders sincerely uh, in classes and everything. So like respect and like, if you do it as your job, fucking respect, that's great. So that's what like that true poll there where it's like, well, I'm not trying to do it as a sex worker. I am trying to do it just as like appreciating the art form And
0: it's like- (laughs) It's an ab exercise. And which, you know, is one thing, but there are definitely people out there who like take pole dancing classes and just cannot bear to be compared to a stripper. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, can I, like, take it as deeply offensive that you would think of pole dancing in relation to stripping? And it's like, okay, come, come now. Like, please.
2: I am just trying to exercise and I am never going to do that in front of men that I don't know. Because that's gross. Like, or something. Like, and it's just, yeah. it's just, no. Everybody no. It's giving respect. It's giving, like, the,
3: the feminist bookstore in Portlandia. Mm-hmm. It's giving oh. that energy. So like to like the lesbians at the who are like just a little like just a little off the mark every time of like this is this is actually a little not helping who you want to yeah. help. Yeah. 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 Um but I guess Ooh. I was thinking like did the same man who choreographed we're all in this together also choreographed this pole dancing number that was and also the <laughs> man that choreographed um, mm-hmm. I don't dance and then also choreographed this pole dan- like I was just like he
0: he like, is I not a credited for choreography on the show he he does not receive a choreography credit here um, but uh, you know you never know I guess he was the choreographer on Descendants 2 1 2 and 3 he did the trige. he choreographed the entire trilogy and I'm I
2: oh, yeah. <laughs> these are like from way past my Disney time, you guys. I know they're things
0: I respect. Oh, them. I've never seen a lick of any of it. Choreographer on uh, Pretty and Pink, San Helmo's Fire, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, Dirty Dancing. How about those? I
2: do know those. I know those.
0: <laughs> Director, choreographer of Newsies and Hocus Pocus. How about those? Wait, that's wild.
2: That's wild. To Wong Fu,
0: thanks for everything. Julie (laughs) Dumar, Kenny Ortega. Xanadu, Kenny Ortega. One episode of Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, Kenny Ortega. Director of 11 episodes of Gilmore Girls, Kenny Ortega. I
3: know those two. (laughs) Do you think Rachel had a good time in this episode? I
0: don't know. I'm wondering how this happens.
3: I think that was a body double, y'all
0: you think so i was looking for it i was trying to i was looking
3: for it and then there were moments where i was like i don't know how you would get a body double i think it's a mixture
0: i think it i think it's a combination because there's some where it's definitely her and there's some where it's like "Eh, her head is turned away a little bit for this like a lot of the
2: ones where we're going upside down and everything uh like we're never seeing her face away from the camera (laughs) yep
0: Interesting yeah. how that worked out. Weird, weird choreography, Kenny. I know you didn't choreograph it, but I'm giving you credit anyway. Um, yeah, interesting. Interesting how that worked. Um, but are, so
2: since we are talking about, I know we aren't going. Like I don't know if you go in order on this, but no, since we're already talking no. about the poll, I do need to say that everybody had the wrong reaction.
0: You I'm think sorry. everyone should have stood? In a I alarm. think
2: everybody else had a wrong reaction. They were acting like it's weird. There's a party bus now. Now we can talk about it being weird that there's a party bus. Sure. But so you are <laughs> sure. on a party bus. Let's accept that you're on a party bus. So her throwing on and dancing on a pole and y'all acting like dancing on a pole is gross and weird. Nope, you're wrong. No,
3: <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, interrogate the party bus. Don't interrogate the pole in the party bus.
2: Absolutely. No, yeah. Let's
0: tear apart the structures, not the individual actions within the structures. You know, because the... <laughs> uh, they
2: on the party bus. You have already karaoke on the party bus. Like accept the poll like don't act like and valencia having an issue okay but like greg and heather and uh and white josh and daryl like yeah man just go with it You're, it's you applaud because that was really good
0: yeah, you're on the party bus, you know? It's like get into the party bus state of mind, get into the party bus spirit. You know, if we're all going to be here drinking craft beer, then like and someone gets on the stripper pole that is installed on the party bus, I mean that's what it's there for. It's right. what it's
3: there for. It's weird not to acknowledge it. It's weird right. to not to interact yes. with it. At it, least yeah. like one of the dudes would have had to be like, "Ho ho ho,", ho. like somebody had to interact with the pole. So yeah. why not an amazing choreographed number. Yeah. Like she rocked
2: it. She rocked it. That's what you should be never... saying if you aren't aren't Valencia. Yeah, I
3: will never <laughs> I will never forget it. It it has been burned into my mind. Since watching that scene, whenever I think of her, I think of that pole dancing and then I go from there.
0: <laughs> that is the first thing I think of when I think of Rachel Bloom. It's uh, true. Is, wow. wow. That's it. That's and I racist. listened to
3: her whole audiobook last weekend, so
0: But it cannot overpower the pull. True poll. True poll yeah. cuts through any audio. True.
2: True True, True Poll. Aligned pole.
0: Cuts through any audiobook. Loving it. I, I love,
2: love audio.
0: I love technical difficulties. I love technical difficulties. Show me technical difficulties. Show me technical difficulties. I like when stuff goes wrong. I like when stuff goes wrong. That's why I sing this song. That's why I sing this song. I love to troubleshoot. I love to troubleshoot. And I don't know. And I don't know. Warning, cast hasn't seen sort of Heather in over 10 seconds. So we've had to presume that they've disconnected. This could indicate a problem with the internet connection or yours.
2: Well, you weren't reading her before that, cast.
0: Cast? So I don't want to hear this feedback.
2: <laughs> okay. Um, Let
0: me
3: click on your little link.
0: Click on the little link. Because it sounds, it seems like you've disconnected from space and time yeah it seems like you disconnected from the material plane um
3: yeah i'm a guest but i'm in an unnamed session without any friends
0: Ugh. oh okay yeah you really we really you really goofed the cast there um okay so it it sent you to uh to well, let me let me try pasting the link again because it sure is working for me i sure am in this session and so is my friend jillian Hi have
2: I definitely
0: have friends Friends, friends, friendly friends Time to meet the friends <laughs> And then she does the slow one
2: No, I'm
3: yeah. Yeah. 91 And I'm I'm in a room with no one Should I record it on Audacity Or are you
0: just going to use Skype? Oh, that's a good question Uh, Yeah, can you start recording yourself locally then? Yeah In the future, just don't mute yourself on this website It doesn't seem to like it very much It gets a little temperamental It's sick of, you. sick of your shit <laughs>
3: What? Yeah, I just listen, thought it would listen,
0: be better listen, not listen. it
3: when there was things
0: happening behind me for your I sake, can all—it's three separate tracks. I can just cut that out. I love a triple track record, and I love that it's not letting you back into the room. Me too. Cast is making executive decisions that I did not approve. It's got yeah. choices. Cast is curating, like, the guest list at my wedding. And I'm like, I want to <laughs> invite who I want to invite. You don't get to tell me who comes to my wedding.
2: It's being, it's being your uh, your mother who's like- It's being my mother. And
0: it's like, you got to invite your cousins you haven't seen in 14 years. And I'm like, I absolutely hoppy, 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 hoppy. do
2: not. They invited you to their wedding.
0: Great. I didn't go.
2: <laughs> I didn't cost them money. What if they <laughs> decide that I, I live in a federal fish dinner to visit? That's right. If you want
0: okay, me to go to your wedding, maybe call me up for coffee every so often. That's all I'm saying. I hacked the main screen in Bath. Back in the Matrix. Or out of the Matrix. You're somewhere in the Matrix that you weren't before. Perfect. We're back. Uh, what were we talking about? Uh, let's see. Uh, so this is the beginning. One of my favorite things on the show. One of my favorite elements that will run throughout basically the rest of the show. Those are my friends Daryl and White Josh. Uh,
3: <laughs>
0: my OTP. My beautiful boys. Um, I love them. I think they are uh, a couple of real sweeties. I love how different they are, but they complement each other in interesting ways. And I I think they're beautiful. And this is the, this is the blossom. This is the beautiful thing.
2: They connect in such a like beautiful and natural manner. Whenever like he just gets on, he's like, I recognize you from the, from the gym and just having a gym conversation, talking about the things. And like, White Josh, instead of trying to act like it's weird that this dude who's in his 40s is, like, trying to relate to him, is just like, yeah. Or maybe he's in his, Daryl might be in his 30s and possibly just, like, looking Like the a bit real older, tail but... end of
0: those 30s. Like Yeah. The, like... <laughs> he's at yeah. the end of a long like, night of 30s. Look,
2: look, some people you never quite know. Some people in That's their true. 30s still look in their 20s, and sometimes you're like, wait a second. But uh, I'd probably, pl- this dude who's probably in his 40s. Um, and just like he's he just accepts it because he because White Josh is uh, a precious one, a, like, a precious angel baby.
0: He's but, a, yeah. he's my precious little child. He's my buff little baby. And he I just I, I love them together. I think they're really sweet and complimentary He's very natural. And after he had spent so long, you know, like talking to Rebecca and Rebecca was not interested. And then he like meets this person who like is interested in what he has to say and like wants to hear from him. I mean, that's just that's just beautiful. That's just so nice. It's just so nice <laughs> to me. I love it. We also have Greg and Heather, who I have no strong feelings about together.
2: I like them, but I think it's because I individually like both of the characters. Sure.
3: Yes. Yeah. That's how I feel, too, I think. And so therefore, I'm like, you're probably going to be funny together. But yeah. How are you going to connect? I don't know.
0: They both hate a lot of stuff. You know? <laughs> and that's powerful. If you hate the same things, that's the true sign of a couple.
2: It just doesn't seem like the most sustainable of relationship foundations. There is uh...
0: <laughs> no. I I I built uh, this building on top of a very solid swamp, and it's sinking. What are you talking <laughs> about? Is not working? It's not a solid foundation here. Okay. <laughs> okay. But I, wanna, I,
3: did... I want to. I want cup white Josh's face. Like a, <laughs> well, a, for 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 the readers at home, with it's sort of like a. U shape. It's sort of like a, like yeah, like You're, prayer you. hands. But then make your prayer hands turn into a U, and then put wait Josh's
2: chin inside of it,
0: like this. Like I'm sort want. of yeah. doing
3: here. Okay. I want yeah. But if, I want but to if do she this.
2: was doing that, like as if somebody uh-huh. else was was doing it.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. We gotta...
0: Okay. Perfect. <laughs> got to do it to yourself. Yeah. You got to do. You got to give them one of these. Yeah. That sounds. Yeah. I want to do the same thing and uh, you know, there's a lot of cat uh, when you watched this uh, these episodes a few weeks ago, you texted me about something and I think it's something that would be worth diving into at this point. Um, Lot of talk about weight and bodies uh, on this show, but yeah. in this episode specifically. Um, and I uh, believe you uh, asked me if uh, Rachel Bloom had an eating disorder. Um, was was the the phrasing of the text message? I don't know if we want to. I mean, I'm not here to diagnose anybody, but I. This is a real um, Liz Lemon. Kind of situation, if everyone can follow me down that track, of like how many episodes of 30 Rock do they spend just like calling Tina Fey, who I'll remind you looks like Tina Fey, uh, just like the most unappealing woman in the entire world. Um, uh, how much time they spend, like, oh, this, <laughs> this slob, <laughs> this, this hag. Um, I don't know. I mean, somebody else talk.
2: <laughs> I, yeah, I, I don't know. I also, it's one of those things where my
0: dog. Hello. Uh, they dog Baby. has thoughts on body issues.
2: Baby <laughs> girl, stop. stop. You should not they be, be so hard on yourself. <laughs> okay, let me kick my but dog. They should, the
0: room. But they I'm should sorry. also not shame valencia for being <laughs> thin. Okay, girl. You're
2: exiled until so you can be quiet.
0: <laughs> Ex- I banish you. Welcome back.
2: Sorry about that. She's old and normally doesn't make much se- No. If you come back in here, you got to be quiet. That's right. Come over here. <laughs> it, Dog the the, she does. It's one of those things where even though this wasn't made that long ago, I it's one of those things I do think like the cultural shift has been bigger than what we realize. And that comes up whenever we watch episodes or shows like this.
0: Even just six years ago, it does feel antiquated. it It does yeah. feel like a very old-fashioned sort of thing of the past here,
2: yeah. Like like in and I don't know if Rachel Bloom herself would write this sort of thing now, but it, it's it definitely resonates as like the kind of just random comments and stuff that would get made, particularly when you're doing this thing of having Valencia as the the foil to her
0: mm-hmm. and yeah it, and they do a lot of i mean obviously i'm trying to phrase this in the correct way but there's a lot of appraisal of valencia's body from everyone both from mm-hmm. the characters on the show and the camera and the you know like in this episode they literally have her like strip off you know a piece of clothing and she's in a very revealing outfit for basically the entire length of of the episode when she's introduced you know like the the first appearance of valencia is in a very similar sort of situation and there's a lot of that in this that also feels kind of grossly outdated like really shaming someone who is skinny as much as we are shaming someone who is uh i don't know like not a size 0 and we shouldn't do either of those things. Um like it's just it's it's a very strange sort of thing and it's one thing when it's like coming from a particular character but it does kind of have the lens of like the show saying these things which I am less I am less in favor of.
3: Yeah, it feels like with the show it's just so so integrated and comes up so many times it's like it feels like it's relational to how At least how Rachel conceptualizes Rebecca, everything's in relation to, like, her size, like her size is just such a factor in a way that like continues to surprise me for some reason, like, like, it's just so on the forefront of like ways to compare yourself and be competitive with the other woman, and it's specifically weight. When there's yeah. a lot of other things to yeah. explore, it's interesting that it's consistently that. And it's also just like it's like this default assumption that like you can't win if you're not a zero is like the yeah, like you'll never win because you'll never be a zero. It's Desirable like the, to anyone.
0: That's and like, like
3: and- the that that's the world we're living in, which feels really weird. Like, yeah, and Valencia's song it, is about that trip. as
0: well. Yeah, <laughs> like the song that she sings in this episode is about like this same sort of mentality. Also, surprise, uh, Darcy Carden appearance. The Good Place exactly. is Darcy Carden in that song. Um, That's actually my
2: comment about that song. I'm like That's
0: fe- it. Fe- featured extra uh, Darcy Carden, um, who The Good Place might have been on at this point oh okay no
2: i don't think so good place didn't start until uh,
0: 2017 okay we're we're i think 2016 or
2: 2017
0: look it up scotty look it up sorry don't don't wait for me (laughs) it's gonna it's gonna take a second
2: (laughs) i was trying to look because i had looked up earlier to make sure i was gonna say her first name right um
0: Oh, uh, so The Good Place premieres on September 19th, 2016. This episode airs in January of 2016. So The Good Place has not yet debuted, but we are all about to get cardened. We're about to get cardened hard.
2: And it's it's one of the the juxtaposition and the focus on on weight and everything. um, I think it, I do, it feels, it hits weird, but I do think that it makes... Sense from both of the characters' perspectives mm-hmm. at the time and where they are in life. Because Valencia, right, clearly what she prizes most is like her physique and the work she's put into it and the sacrifice she makes for it, et cetera, et cetera. And it's kind of the only thing she seems to mostly think about. She thinks about other things, but it's, it's one of her primary thoughts and everything and then and then you know Rebecca who has all of her mental illness that she is dealing with and working through and then there's kind of this whole sort of I want Josh here's the thing with Valencia I'm smarter than her I'm this I'm this I'm this what I am not is a size zero and I so I could see her focusing in on that as like one of the as one of the biggest things that if you're qualifying in a competition that she would see as being well maybe that's why
0: absolutely oh yeah people think about their own weight all the time i think about mine uh too much you know and i and i'm sure i'm not alone in that and i mean obviously people think about their own weight but sometimes the show it does feel like crazy ex-girlfriend has a Perspective on it that I am uh, not as not as interested in. Yeah, it's about. But it is something that gets better as the show goes along. That's kind of a common refrain as we are talking about this first season, where it's like a lot of the pre- these perspectives are are going to improve. And I don't think I'm spoiling anything when I say that like this show is going to do a lot of better work with Valencia as a human being later on over the course of its run. Um, mm-hmm. And and I think it goes to some interesting and fun places with with her, uh, and she becomes a little less of a, a one note. Romantic comedy opposition character, uh, the classic romantic comedy opposition character who is so mean. You're like, why is this guy with this person? Like, why? <laughs> like, how did they end yeah. up together? Um, a classic, a classic. I taught trait.
3: my, I taught my therapist the term negging this week. Wow, like I've never heard of that. And I had to sort of like break down. You know, it's like when you know, like in romantic comedies, and the guy is like kind of mean. But like that's to like get the attention of the of the girl, and so I feel like Valencia is more of a into negging
0: in this world. Your therapist leans forward and is like, "Tell me more about negging." Your therapist
2: clearly never watched uh, that VH1 show, The Pickup Artist. The
0: Pickup Artist. Your therapist leans forward and like, and now for your three hundred dollars a month, tell me more about negging. What is negging? You're like, who's paying who here, buddy, Buster? <laughs> um, great. Uh, any more? Any more thoughts about this episode before we segue on to the next?
2: Um. I one thing that I that one thing that the other part of this episode that really kind of jumped out to me was uh, the Greg and Josh dynamic and that Mm -hmm. it is 100% familiar. I don't know if you've (laughs) known those people who have not me personally, but if you've known those people that have been friends since like primary school. And it's yeah. like, that's my best friend. No matter how much they may have diverged as people, they are still best friends. And seeing I've seen more than one occasion where at least one of those personalities is driving exactly how that friendship should be. and the other person, even though they're being irritated, is still going along with it. Yeah, um, it was it's such a familiar. It's such a familiar moment that I was like, okay, okay. This is really one of the more believable things of this episode.
0: Yeah, very accurate portrayal.
3: It was interesting because it felt like they had to sort of do something that was out of character for both of them in order to achieve this. But I thought that like I thought that what they were getting to was good. But I thought they kind of had to like change up some some stereotypes within both of the characters to achieve it because uh Josh usually has to be really laid back and chill. So, Josh being a control freak around making plans isn't like particularly on the nose.
0: And then, but Josh is a control freak about how to be chill. He's his control freak nature is like, we have to be chill in this specific
3: way. That's what I mean. And I think this is actually one of the first episodes that we see that. I don't think we really see that until here. And same with Greg, I don't think we saw we see Greg like making independent choices and things until this episode. So like that was kind of built up too. So I think with Greg, they kind of like are already building character growth throughout the season. But with Josh, it was sort of it felt sort of like a wild card. We hadn't seen him be a control freak. We had more seen him be like,, oh, I just want to work in this electronics store. like we've we've seen him sort of be a pushover up to this point. So I think, it was this episode kind of tricked us yeah. into being like, oh, he's a control freak sometimes when we hadn't seen it yet, at least to me.
0: The the growth of Josh's backbone is a steady thread you can kind of follow <laughs> through this first season where like Josh is learning to like stand up for himself and what he wants. And, and it's a fun thread to follow independent of the Rebecca Romance storyline. And we see it even more in season one, episode 10 I'm back at camp with Josh directed by Michael Schultz, written by Jack Dolgen in this episode. Uh, Josh is about to do his uh, annual volunteering at a camp for, I don't know, like wayward youth. It's like, Oh, I'm sorry. At risk teens is the terminology uh, and Rebecca, of course, decides to uh, shove herself into that situation however she can. Uh, At the same time, uh, Daryl, desperate to make some friends, decides to have the boys over to watch the fight Um, and uh, ends up hiring uh, a business that really only could exist in Los Angeles, California, uh, where you hire a bunch of pretty people to come to your party, hire a bunch of -of out-of-work actors to come to your party and be attractive. Um, And, uh, oh, and Greg is having a little little cold feet as Heather wants to kind of commit. And uh, he runs into a, an old flame uh, from for or I'm sorry, not an old flame from high school. The opposite of that. Someone who did not remember him from high school and <laughs> appraises him new now. Um, and I got to say, my boy, Greg, who uh, we've talked about many times on the show, my imprinting on Greg like a Twilight werewolf. Um, I my boy, Greg, was killing me this week. Um, he was, he was absolutely, uh, my man, you know, maybe it's just because, I, uh, recently very unlucky in love, but my man is killing me here as he's like ducking out of relationships and he's and he meets the, the person from high school is like, wow, you've changed. You're really like husband material. And Greg, Greg, you're killing me, my man. I buy it
2: with, I buy it 100% buy husband Greg though. And it's also such a classic, uh, comedy trope. It's never the one you think is going to be like the commitment phobe that they make the commitment phobe on these shows. Mm -hmm. Um, Thinking of like Friends and Chandler being the one who is the commitment phobe as as opposed to like somebody else. But I I 100% buy it, particularly he's not a man who is happy with his life. So (laughs) like committing to somebody in the way his life is feels like uh, probably in a way committing to just like this life. And mm-hmm. Greg isn't 100% right to do
0: that, so. Yeah, it's it's a big move, like, putting down roots in this town that you are, like, desperate to leave, that you want yeah. so bad, that you tried to leave <laughs> in a recent episode. Like, you thought you were finally <laughs> saying all goodbye. And then, like, oh, no, you're going to put roots down? in West Covina, Greg, that's going to freak him out. That's going to freak him out. I don't know if Heather <laughs> wants to leave West Covina. She's never brought it up.
2: Also, Heather's she's still climbing. out of Greg's
3: <laughs>
0: She's a student. She's chill. She's going to class, you know. She's working on it now. She lives with her parents. You know, it's it's chill. She's got a good situation going, I think.
3: Yeah, and that was another reversal here where it was like, and then here, Heather wants commitment. It's like, oh, we didn't expect that. Surprising. She doesn't like anything and doesn't like doesn't seem like would want anything for longer than a few hours. She has
2: that kind of personality that I feel like it feels aloof. She's got that aloof personality, but then we have plenty of moments where we see that, like, she feels so much more than what she
0: emotes. Yeah, she feels deeply. And I feel like she is someone who you don't understand for a long time if they even like you. And then one day we'll be like. You're one of my best friends. You're like, whoa, (laughs) I didn't think you like felt anything about me at all. (laughs) Like I I thought I was net neutral in your book. But you like you care about me. (laughs) It's so it's so nice. That's kind
2: of what happens
0: here. Like Uh, you love to get one of my favorite ones to get is like, I hate everyone, but you're all right. And I'm like, oh, (laughs) hell yeah.
3: Mine is usually like, I never tell anybody, I don't know why I'm telling you this, I don't tell anyone, and I'm like, it's actually, the size of my pupils are really big, so it seems like I'm interested in what you're saying, and so you trust me and tell me things. (laughs) I've had doctors tell me this. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god.
0: Kat, you got those Um, listening eyes. (laughs) <laughs> oh, so susceptible to hypnosis. Those peepers let everything in. <laughs> the, the, the thing waving back and forth, you're done in a second. Absolutely, absolutely. Has anybody yeah, here ever no good
3: done hypnosis? Yeah, done hypnosis.
0: Yeah, it was yeah. weird. I faked my way through it at like senior night at my school because I just wanted attention. I think. <laughs> I think that was <laughs> the problem. In my That's high dope. school
2: psychology class, we used to do progressive relaxation every Friday. Um, which is akin to like hypnosis, except like you're doing it to yourself. Like you're, you're laying down, you're focusing on your body and you're basically like putting yourself in a self-hypnotic state. Um, Whoa. and so we used to do that every Friday. It was really cool. It was like the best class of the best day of the week. I'm going to be real. That's um, uh, but, but actually having somebody do it to me, I haven't. I
3: have done it, and it was like that scene in Get Out with love. (laughs) (laughs) No! (laughs) I went to to the the sunken place. place. (laughs) I did. It was really, really freaky down there. Didn't love it. Um, Apparently, (laughs) I healed something within me. You didn't but, like the sunken place? It seems so cool. You know it's movie. not fun. I was a I was a rock that was slowly sinking to the bottom of like an endless ocean or something, and it was just oh like God. not. I don't yeah,
2: like that. It wasn't, it wasn't.
3: It wasn't my favorite thing. But I think I cured something because I don't remember well, what I hypnosis cured. Hypnosis
0: works. You heard it here first. Yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> um. One of my first things that I even, one of my first thoughts whenever I was watching this episode was that Paula is such an enabler. Paula. This is the first time you've thought this? No. It's <laughs> no. No. It just really angers me because is how we open yeah. up the episode. Yes. <laughs> like, it's not the first time at all. And this woman also probably needs to see a psychiatrist, like a therapist uh, to work 100%. out some of her own definitely stuff. Definitely
3: does. Definitely does. Also definitely had like an alcoholic parent is my, is my diagnosis. Like, That's
0: a good diagnosis came... <laughs> confirmed later on the show. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, so good job there. I didn't mean
3: to spoiler. Sorry. No, That's
0: it's I, I, I don't consider that a spoiler that her dad's an alcoholic. I think you're chill. I think you're good.
2: <laughs> you were able to intuit it. So I mean, look. There's... Exactly.
0: It's evident in the character even this early. Several seasons before we will meet. Yeah, um, I mean, father. this
3: type. It's typical with the with this kind of enabling and codependent person. I imagine also mm-hmm. that Paula has watched everything available on Hulu and Netflix in the reality TV section. Hundred percent. Before
0: like
3: before befriending Rachel or Rebecca, like it feels like that's kind of where we're at. Is like uh, we're out of Housewives seasons. We're out of like.
0: (sighs) I must live the real Housewives.
2: (laughs) That's what I get enjoying the drama, but like that is supposed to be drama you enjoy from afar, not sitting and forcing someone to tell you that they are in love with somebody. I just. Paula.
0: Paula. Paula. It's really it's it's really upsetting. And, and we all know I,
3: moms like this, don't we? Like how oh, we
0: all hundred yeah. percent? This is a very familiar type of person to me. That's what makes it so type bad. Of mom. Like, I know this person. Yeah. The type of mom. Oh, the type of mom who's like uh, it was supposed to make me sterile. <laughs> Unfortunately, it didn't work. Um, and those like, oh, I love yeah, a mom who yeah. hates her children. It makes me feel like I, I love a mom who guzzles wine and makes it her children's problem. Uh, it's really cool. And then those people are pro-life. I'm just like, I don't understand anyone's methodology anymore. Um, yeah, no. No. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. No. Uh, uh. It's not working. Uh, Rebecca once again making a damn fool of herself in this episode, though. Um, Ah. She and I, you know, the worst part about it is camp. I see myself in a lot of Rebecca Bunch. Unfortunately, I'm seeing myself in Ah. this, like, trying so desperately for someone to like you. I just, it's really, it's unfortunately hitting me in a very profound. (laughs) Hard place. Also that feeling like there's hurt.
3: there's enough like evidence and the world is like conspiring to have you with this person. You just have to do the next thing. Yeah. Like, you just have to do this one more thing, and then it'll all come together. Is like so painfully relatable. Never is gone this your far, awkward? But face.
2: Is your crying faces as awkward as hers is in this episode? I mean, what does it mean? Oh, oh my god.
1: Why is Yanni dancing? <laughs>
2: Like <laughs> oh, when she yes, stands up in front now. of the girls that she's supposed to be giving this empowerment speech to and just Rachel I Bloom think I felt the most comical cry face like it's, it's I think something. I
3: felt I felt the most uh, in distress when she was in the office trying to get to be a counselor. For some reason that scene caused me so much cringe and pain was that whole moment
0: driving her way oh and trying to like squeeze herself in at the lunch table with these girls i just this it's killing me these interactions girls i mean it's so funny it's like it feels real in its own strange way uh the girls of course featuring uh machu picchu from tv's glow
2: i was Um, about to say she got she had that arm bar down already
0: absolutely
2: i felt like the um the
3: girls, this was an example of it feels like teenagers written by 30 year olds. Even I know that she's not 30 yet when she wrote this, but which is crazy. Um, but it feels like adults trying to write dialogue
0: for teens.
2: <laughs> A little bit, like, which
0: is why I never attempt it. You know what I mean? Like, I just, I, in my own script writing, I just avoid teens at all costs. I cannot approximate what they're saying. I don't know. I don't have TikTok. There's, I cannot keep up with teens anymore. And I don't try to. So they don't exist in my cinematic world.
2: Kevin, your writing can never be as bad as one of the most popular video games writing of teenagers ever. So it's fine. It's fine.
0: Well, what is this? Who are we slagging? Who are we dragging?
2: I am shaving Life is
0: Strange season I... one. I who we were taking aim at? Uh, those are some odd teens. <laughs> those those teens talk weird. Kevin, I
3: what do you think it. about the Gossip Girl teens? Because you're you
0: perfect, you're... beautiful teens, the greatest teens of all time. They're fully twenty five year olds. Fully oh, twenty five. The what makes the Gossip Girl teens work in though look. is that yeah. they don't try to hit all the topical slang. Blair Waldorf. Yeah. Would exist exactly as she is in any period in the 20th century. You know what I mean? Like, she could have been. Any, she could be a flapper she could have she could have fucking been like a like a like a like a uh, uh, the 50s with the hoop skirt you know what I'm talking oh, about like, the, the swing dancer like
2: yeah the, the swing dancer girl like the, she could have been the, any there. of those
0: that's what's beautiful yeah. about Blair Waldorf. she just happens to have like a flip phone you know because it was yeah. like the mid 2000s but she could have existed at any point which I think is what makes the Gossip Girl teens work so I think honestly that's just what you should do when writing teens is just like um, kind of make all purpose. slightly older <laughs> yeah, write them right, like they're 25-year-olds. Write <laughs> them like they're paid by Imagulate is my recommendation to you.
3: I'm writing teens right now and I re- yeah. now I'm second-guessing everything I
0: put on the page. Write a teen like Michelle <laughs> Trachtenberg. And also whatever slang you put in the script is going to be outdated by the time the script makes it to air. You know, like much less being watched years later. So I just avoid it. Just write some all-purpose teens.
2: <laughs> yeah, no, I, I I agree. I think that's where with what I said, with like life is strange. What got me is just their use of slang that they use in it, right? And yeah. So now, where I with cat, I definitely agree is like the whole. I I understand trying to be like these are older, more mature teens, so that way they can try <laughs> and help Rachel with her mm-hmm. problem or Rebecca with her problem. But also, that does then come across very much because they are trying to relate to an adult, it feels weird. It might have felt less weird if we were in a Gossip Girl situation where it was all them just talking to each other and there wasn't a 28-year-old or however old she's supposed to be in the first beginning of the season trying to, like, literally sit with them. Mm -hmm. Awkward. But Awkward. Kevin,
3: how do you feel that she's supposed to be our age? Because I can't, like... I can't, like, separate... I can't... Because, like, watch, I started watching it very early 20s and now watching it now and trying to be like, wait, I'm her age. And so her issues and what she's thinking about are her supposed to be what she's thinking about. Yeah.
0: Like, um, her, uh, it's a leap of logic one must make that uh, someone who is uh, Rachel Bloom's age or at least Rebecca Bunch's approximate age, which is like late 20s, which Okay, that she was up for partner at her law firm in her late 20s, um, which we all know that, like, you don't make partner until you are a a literal, like, draconian, like you're like a, a decrepit fucking mummy of a person. Right. Like, you just have to accept those leaps in logic that, like, she just is. So advanced, <laughs> lived so much life in her 28 years, c- w- c- went through and completed law school, you know, like, again, had a thriving legal career, which like the the people that I know that are lawyers that are my age are like not even trying cases yet. Like you you go through like periods of being a lawyer where you're not even a fucking lawyer yet. Um, it's just you got to you just got to roll with it and you can't, think- you know, pe- go ahead.
3: Even, like, I was not even thinking of her background. I think of, like, relationally to how she, like, moves around this universe does not feel, I don't know. She does not feel late 20s to me. But she also is writing in her late 20s. So maybe she's so, just an old soul. I don't know.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think so. I think, again, like a Blair Waldorf, she's a woman out of time. And she feels sort of of no time and of no place. Um, And she just sort of is unequivocally herself
2: well and if for me i don't know and i, I it feels she has a little, and everybody in the show it's part of a thing uh feels almost a little emotionally stunted for so, sure yeah like and and like so it's funny because I, whenever i'm watching it i'm like this her most of her behaviors feel too young to me
0: yeah mm. that i have to
2: like absolute where i'm like where it doesn't read as like, sometimes her clothes reads as a woman who is older, but, um, but like her emotion, the way, the way most of the people move through this world feels like they are being written five to ten years younger than what I think they're supposed to be.
0: Yeah, she she does have an excessively like girlish energy, and that's only exacerbated in her scenes with Paula, where like often it does feel like a mother and a young daughter conversing uh, more so than than anything else. And then in this episode, of course, they dress her up like a tiny camp team, you know, like they they do uh, really girl her up um, in a in a profound way. Um, Yeah,
3: it's kind of it's kind of Kimmy Schmidt and like there's a big gap, like emotionally. uh, But all of them, like Josh too, and Valencia, it seems like it seems like the people who grew up in West Covina didn't have to age far beyond high school emotionally, and so therefore, like
0: yeah, time moves different in West Covina, like a like an anti Narnia, a reverse Narnia,
2: yeah, Brigadoon. Yeah. Uh, and every- in some ways, in some ways I get it with like uh the people who uh just stayed in their small hometown and never left and so therefore continued their patterns. And you go back and you're like, okay, you don't feel that uh, much different. Sure. So but,
3: nothing has changed. Yeah.
2: I just <laughs> I had that
3: experience. I just had that experience last week where I went back to my hometown and I ran I went to one fun dance bar and I ran into, I kid you not, 12 people I knew separately, and some were from high school, and some were from college, and the ones from college have been doing the same thing since college, and have the same friends, and are talking about the same things, and I'm like, I've transed a whole gender since I saw you, (laughs) like, this is (laughs) this is wild (laughs) That, that, like, you're still so, and then I'm like, am I similar? And then I feel like I'm like, do they think I've changed at all? And then I start to like get in my head being like, have I changed? Um, While you
0: were hanging out at bars, cat trans to gender. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Downloading pirated films is stealing. Uh,
0: <laughs> you wouldn't steal a car. You wouldn't trans a gender. <laughs>
3: <laughs> happy Pride Month. It's August. Happy
0: Pride. It's yeah, it's August now, but still happy Pride Month. <laughs> Never ends. It never ends. <laughs> pride forever. Uh, perfect. Great. Beautiful. Uh speaking oh, of
3: pride, Daryl and White. Daryl and White. Let's a little more. I don't it's have anything easy. particular to say,
0: yeah. but it's just like, oh, this is so, so nice. The scene with them, like cleaning up, you know, talking, and I'm like, this is just so nice. This is so easy for them. You know what I mean? That's just like, a that
3: felt late 20s. That felt, I don't know, maybe that was just like the queer dynamic in me that uh, there's like a daddy and then there's sort of like a, a bit. younger like gym type. Um, but that felt lived <laughs> into me. That felt I was like, I know this. <laughs>
2: This I
0: know this couple. I've seen this before.
2: <laughs> and Daryl has that that moment of, like, whenever White Josh kisses him on the cheek, and it's like he felt something, right? Like, yeah. and, and then, but it, it's clearly, it, and it seems to be a surprise to him. He seems to be having a later-in-life bisexual awakening um, yeah. because he seems surprised by it, at least in that moment. And I did, it didn't feel like the kiss, it felt like he was surprised by like how he felt about the kiss on the cheek. And I was like, yeah, precious, precious. So precious. yeah it
3: was very much the reaction, the shot of the reaction. Also, like, why do we think White Josh likes like Daryl? I, I'm curious. I'm saying no. With the Jade. As someone
0: like, who is approximately White Josh's age, um... I I get it. Like Daryl, yeah. Like you think he's cute. He's like a cute man, you know. His little mustache and like especially when he's. As long as you he like,
3: never heard his song about his daughter, you would. Think yeah, he'd... yeah.
0: As long as you never heard his song about his daughter, um, they should lock that song away in a fucking vault somewhere. But as long as you never hear the song about the daughter, like he, I like his shirt, you know. Like his outfit at the party. <laughs> I think he's looking cute. He's looking fresh. He's had like a fresh haircut, you know. He's the mustache is looking trim. Uh, I get it. I'd give him a little kiss on the cheek. Uh, so like, West uh, Covina like, is a small house? town, so like... Pickens is slim. Yeah, a small town of like 100,000 people. I always love when they so... <laughs> they always pretend it's some podunk burg, and then they're like, population, 100,000. <laughs> It's like it's uh, not it, which
2: isn't like that small, but also, you know, depending on on how big the community that is, he knows there, they are, right? Like it's like okay, well, you know,
0: if you probably if dated he, every other gay man in West Covina of until now, you know. True,
3: he's been yeah, on driver and it's other... like
0: finally new. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> I sense the vibe. Okay, Lodes, this shoot your shot with the pate. If I met a cute Daryl looking man who made a mean pate, I'd give him a little kiss on the cheek right now. Right now, if he were here. Well, I think I little like little it.
2: Test, right? It's a nice little test. The kiss on the cheek is just a nice little, like, it doesn't have to yeah. mean anything.
0: Okay. Hey. You know, yeah. I kiss, I kiss a lot of bros on the cheek, but also I don't, you know? Yeah. What who does do it mean?
3: Think, who do you think Josh would be into if they were also queer between uh, Josh Chan and, jo- and Greg? Who do you
2: think White Josh
3: would go for? Or,
0: would, question, or would he I think Josh still go Chang. for Daryl? Or would he still go for Daryl? I think he'd still go for Daryl. I think
2: but, so. If all three are on the table, I think he'd still go for Daryl.
0: I think he'd still go for
2: Daryl. That's so cute. It's, see, I love
0: that. I because we I maybe it's just because, you know, I watched all this show in March when I had COVID, but like I know that White Josh does not always get along with his friends. You know what I mean? Like he's been, it's almost like You've had a queer friend for like too long for it to turn into a relationship. Do you know what I mean? Like you're like, yeah. oh, we've been through too much. I know too much about you to like it's start. It's too dating annoying.
3: There's been too it's, many annoying questions. Yeah,
0: it's totally. Not, sorry, it's not. It's it's we we've, we maybe there was a bridge at some point, but we blew past it long ago.
3: <laughs> totally, Kevin. Who would you fuck, Mary Kill of those three?
0: Fuck Mary Kill <laughs> of Daryl, Greg, Josh uh mary daryl oh i do have to listen to my heart i do have to fuck that handsome paisano uh greg serrano which means uh, unfortunately i do have to kill joshua felix chan (laughs) i
2: I agree agree with that assessment kevin i agree with
0: it i okay thank you Uh, so so uh, a common thing we like to ask guests on this show uh is greg hot greg's hot right I'm not even talking about Santino Fontana. I'm talking about Greg yeah, Serrano.
2: Look, okay, look, I it, it's so weird because I like love Santino Fontana and like my musical theater nerdness mm-hmm. and like it's just so much. Um and he has such a good voice.
0: Beautiful voice. I, I,
2: if I'm physically looking him up and down mm-hmm. and I would probably say like I wouldn't use the word hot. Like he's not okay. under- like I wouldn't use the word hot. However, you know, there's something about Josh's personality and I it's not I'm not saying this is a good thing like but it's just that yeah. something about his like curmudgeon personality is fucking hot and I don't know. Yeah,
0: uh-huh, right? Mhm. Yeah, he's he's a little he's a little bit of a bad boy. You know? <laughs> he's a little bit. He's it's not, like I...
2: enough of a chip on his shoulder that there's something about it.
3: He's like a acer- blonde chip on your shoulder vibes. Yeah. Chip
0: on your shoulder. He's that. Yeah, I, I love an acerbic bartender. I love a Sam Malone. I, I love yeah. a Nick Miller. You know, like I just it's a it's an archetype. I cannot fucking resist. I'm looking for ways to fucking make a fool of myself in front of like a <laughs> handsome acerbic person. He's
2: witty. He's yeah. like he's, he's he's got the banter. He's got the.
0: Mm-hmm. Takes a lot of yeah. my boxes. Greg Serrano. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Like. Mm-hmm. Sure. You want to take me home from the bar one night? Okay.
0: Yeah, yeah. sounds great. Last call.
2: Great. Yeah. Sure.
0: <laughs> I'm glad. Yeah. I'm
3: I think I would. I think I would let him tell me about Pulp Fiction at least.
0: Wow. <laughs> That's big. That's a I don't say fan. that about a lot
3: of men. Yeah, That's I don't say that about a lot of men. But I think I would listen to him talk about pulp fiction.
0: That's a that's about as high as compliment as <laughs> Greg okay. Scarto is ever liable to get on this show. God damn. <laughs> Hell yeah. Rock on. Um yeah, this is a fun little episode for our for our friend Greg. I'm glad we finally weighed in on that uh particular debate. Um, but uh let's talk a little, yeah. I don't know. This is this is a me- I do like uh Joshua Felix Chan. It's a fun little song. Um yeah having a few people over just kind of happens to you and then it's over. Uh, put yourself first is really the standout. I think the standout musical number of both of these episodes. I think this song is fun. I uh, think it, it the, the video that they put together is fun. There's some fun jokes. I like it. I think it's a, it's a standout ditty.
2: That's I agree. It's, it was probably my favorite. And honestly, in episode nine, I didn't love any of the songs. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a couple of reprises and then Valencia's song is like the only
0: Yeah, I guess they wrote that like you're the stripper saw when she's pole dancing that like, you know, we can't yeah. license cherry pies so we have to write our own cherry pie. Um Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: It was and, but but I all three of these songs just outsold the episodes before like just mm-hmm. hands
0: down. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. One down. 100% but we're it's kind of these last couple episodes have not been my favorite in terms of the music on the show but uh, we're about to hit some bangers next week we're about to hit some of the all time Crazy Ex-Girlfriend <laughs> fucking hits package next week very exciting stuff um, now we do uh, sometimes end this show with ranking musical numbers honestly Kat I think we should just phase out that element of our show we haven't talked about this but like I'm not feeling uh. it. I just don't want to rank songs anymore. I guess. All
3: right.
0: (laughs) All right. It's canceled.
3: Great. (laughs) RIP.
0: (laughs) RIP ranking section. I'll learn this Um, independently, I suppose. (laughs) Listen to, yeah, you'll make a list. I want to hear your list. Or maybe at the end of a season, we'll do our, like, top five songs of the season. And we'll do our bottom song of the season. Bottom song of the season. Daryl's song about his daughter an unmovable one, rock in this harbor. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll do yeah. we'll do a little we'll do a fun little recap. We'll do a mid month recap and we'll we'll list our top fives. Um great executive decision. We did it. Um perfect. So I think that about does it unless anybody has any other big topics that they want to bring to the floor.
3: That just was a whole void that just took it that like vacuumed the whole segment out. <laughs> what do we replace it with? Do you have something fun? I think that's uh, kill
0: Okay, we're going to do a weekly fuck Mary Kill. That's our new that's our new fun, that's our new fun game. Uh great. So we did uh, we're going to have to get creative with it cuz we did just do Daryl, Greg, Josh, three of the main characters on the show. I think we're going to yeah. have to we're going to have to get really creative with it. Um yeah. perfect. Okay, yeah, that's fun. We'll do a replacing ranking we do a fuck Mary kill which is a ranking of its own which is a which is a ranking sort of unto itself uh perfect so uh we already talked about some of our plugs earlier in the show but now is the time uh jillian where can the people uh hear you and follow you
2: so they can hear me on welcome to greendale it is a episode by episode uh Going through the podcast, or (laughs) it is an episode by episode going through community where me and my husband, who are longtime fans, uh, take our friend Sadia, who had never seen or knew anything about the show before, through an episode at a time, Um, and you can follow... That show on Twitter at Echo Greendale or on Instagram at Welcome to Greendale Podcast. And you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Holy City Fangirl.
0: Amazing. Uh, Kat?
2: Hello.
3: What's up, you guys? <laughs> Welcome to my channel. Um, <laughs> I use them pronouns, and I am on Instagram.com. I am. I'm there. And the handle is. Uh, for the real one is Cat Scott online, and the one for my new secret, not so secret meme <gasps> account that has 117 followers right now <clears throat> is squirrelyfairy Fairy 69, spelled S Q U I R L Y Fairy F A I R Y 69. That's squirrelyfairy Fairy 69. X O X O Gossip Squirrel. Um, <sighs> It's just it's an association put to images. I might regret saying this. Um, sometimes I do open mics at Easy Lover on Tuesday nights uh, oh. as the queer, queer open mic date. I have performed stand-up three times, so now I guess I'm self-identifying. So, <laughs>
0: that's a
3: stand-up comic! <laughs>
0: <laughs> My pronouns are stand and up.
3: <laughs> ew um and <laughs> <laughs> now that it, it's august i hope you're all wearing sunblock and blessed be
0: blessed be uh cat by the time this episode drops you'll be back from europe you'll be back from cat scott's european vacation And
3: i had the, i had the most romantic time let me just say um,
0: <laughs> <laughs> at the european vacation you're about to take
3: let me just say hopefully I didn't die there and this isn't like a post mortem episode. Hopefully I had a really great time.
0: Can you imagine if this is your legacy? If this is your post mortem release. <laughs> you would have to put it out. Oh that's so oh, like to legally binding. It's like you and I were yeah. talking about on the phone the other day, where it's like we can't do anything shameful because our we promised each other a legacy that we would write the worst poetry of all time. Yeah. Other. An Maybe anti-suicide. anti-suicide pack.
3: suicide because if like, you do anything,
0: I will write the worst poetry you've ever heard and I will publish it about you.
3: I will do it at your eulogy and I will say it and anytime anybody asks about you, I will recite the terrible poetry <laughs> I've written about yeah. you.
0: Again, the fucking the fucking end of all that jazz, but instead of instead of three songs, the most important women in your life are reading the worst poetry you've ever heard oh <laughs> exactly,
3: exactly. so hopefully i didn't die in europe and hopefully i am resting and i hope you all are enjoying this beautiful warm season wow August.
0: thank you for the blessing for the Augie doggy blessing Um, Yeah, I'm TV's Kevin Lanigan on all the stuff, but you already know that Uh, you can get uh, your monthly episode of Crazy X pod Friends one week early over at Patreon.com slash TV's Kevin for as little as $1 a month. You also get a bunch of bonus pods that ain't available anywhere else. So dive behind that paywall. Scale the paywall for as little as $1 a month. Drink deep of that cask of Amontillado that is behind the paywall, um, and uh, that's great. Uh, and of course, you already know. Advanced Media Studies uh, is my regular podcast. We are reading the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy books right now. And by the time this episode is out, I will have appeared on an episode of The Lonely Boys talking about Gossip Girl, which I do oh. all the time now. Uh, yeah. You so,
2: jealous. I know X-O- you love
0: me. XOXO. XO, XO.
2: XO.
0: The Lonely Boys would love to have you. I can hook you up with the Lonely Boys if you want to talk oh my about God. Gossip Girl. Look, um,
2: talking about OG Gossip Girl, New Gossip Girl, I've got it covered. I have the thing.
3: I've offered the same I'm here too. We can do this all.
0: Great. I can get you both hooked <laughs> up with the lonely boys. I know those boys. Okay. So we can we can XOXO. They don't
3: have a lot going on. They're pretty lonely.
0: Yeah. So <laughs> they live in their palatial <laughs> Water Street Brooklyn loft and they're like oh I'm in poverty my dad is a former rock star uh great show I love Gossip Girl <laughs> great fucking show uh we'll be back next month early September uh, to talk about really like the show is about to take off I think the show is about to fucking hit the stratosphere they're about to fucking gun on the gas as we're gonna bring two uh true bangers to the table. Again, one of them I watched for the first time on my friend Cat Scott's couch and I uh was freaking out the entire time. <laughs> it was so stressful. It's going to be great. Uh who doesn't love a little stressful musical comedy? Uh <laughs> but uh until then, I forget if we have a sign off for this podcast, but until then, uh put yourself first in a sexy way. <laughs> Wear fake eyelids just for yourself. <laughs>
1: going